Christmas is all about God and sinners reconciled. Learn more about this Christmas truth in this message from Pastor Joe Sulit at Every Nation Canberra. And the Bible says, by the blood of Jesus shed on the cross, we who are sinful have been made right with God. The most important reconciliation is the reconciliation between the Creator and the created. As we conclude the series, as we become busier and busier in the coming days, my prayer is that we will not get lost in the demands of the season and forget the true message of Christmas. I was reminded of this when I heard the song that we always hear being played during the season. You know, in the Philippines, Christmas starts in September. So you hear a lot of Christmas songs in September. And I remember singing this song when I was a little kid. I've been singing this as long as I can remember. And most of us, probably because of our familiarity with it, can sing it almost spontaneously without even thinking of the lyrics. We just played it before we started the service today. Hark the heralds, angels sing, glory to the newborn king. Peace on earth and mercy mild, God and sinners reconciled. We have sung this as beautifully as we could so many times in our lives. But there is a powerful message in this song that I just realized just, just about now, yesterday, in fact. Listen. Hark means listen. Listen intently. The angels were singing. They were singing glory, the king. Glory to the newborn king. To the one who will bring peace on earth. Jesus was born so that it would be possible for us to be right with God. Because of Jesus, we were made to become at peace with God himself. And we read this in Romans chapter 5, verse 1. It says, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Our being at peace with God was only made possible through Jesus Christ. Our reconciliation with God was only made possible through the sacrifice on the cross. God and sinners reconciled. This is the true message of Christmas. In Colossians chapter 1, verse 19, it says, For in Jesus all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell, and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether on earth or in heaven, making peace by the blood of his cross. And you, us, who were once alienated and hostile in mind, doing evil deeds, Jesus has now reconciled in his body of flesh by his death in order to present you, each and every one of us, holy and blameless and above reproach before God. This is the gospel of peace, that we sinners have been reconciled to our heavenly Father by the sacrifice the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Now, the question that we need to answer is this. Is your life a testimony of this reconciliation? Do people really see the image of Jesus 
in the way you live your life? Do our actions, our words, do they reflect the joyous truth of this God and us sinners reconciled? As the joy of this Christmas message of reconciliation been shoved in the into the corner of just a weekend service or something that you do to worship Jesus. The true joy of Christmas is not in the decorating, it's not in the buying of gifts, it's not in the partying that uh, we're going to be doing in the next few weeks, or it's not the much-awaited break from work. The true joy comes when we completely understand why Jesus came, why He became man, and why we have the celebration we call Christmas. As God said a while ago, this is the greatest gift that anyone can ever have, the gift of salvation. Our true joy should come from the fact that once we were alienated from God, as we have read a while ago, we were detached, we were far off from Him. And there is nothing that we can humanly possibly do to fix this. But we have been made right with God because of Jesus Christ. In 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 19, it says, In Christ, God was reconciling the world to Himself, not counting their trespasses against them, and entrusting to us the message of reconciliation. Now that we have been made right with God, God is not counting our sins against us. What he sees now, in spite of our sinful nature, is the righteousness of Christ in us. The first message of reconciliation is the reconciliation between the Creator and the created. Because God so loved you and me, Jesus came. This is what we're celebrating right now. God does not want any of us to perish, but to come to repentance and have eternal life. Let us not take the cross out of Christmas. The message of reconciliation is so central to our Christian faith, to who we are in Jesus Christ. Yet this message is rarely embraced by Christians. Some Christians think that when you're reconciled with God, that's good enough. I don't have to do anything else. It doesn't have a wider implication to my personal relationships. But going back to our verse today, I would like you to look at what God has entrusted to us. A verse that many of us miss out on is this. God is entrusting to us the message of reconciliation. And we talked about this in our last two series, our mission as a church. God has given us believers a ministry of reconciliation. That is, He uses us to tell the world that it's possible to be reconciled with Him through Jesus Christ. The message that we are to share to the world is this, be reconciled to God. We are to tell the people the wonderful opportunity that they can have to be reunited, to be one with the Father again through Jesus. In verse 20, we read, In Christ... God was reconciling the world to Himself, not counting their trespasses against them and trusting to us the message of reconciliation. And the verse after that says, We are therefore Christ's ambassadors, as though God 
were making his appeal through us, we implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. Jesus paid the price for our reconciliation because God loves us so much. So we must share this message of reconciliation with love, and we must live out this message in the way we live our lives. The message is very clear. We need to be reconciled with God, but we also need to be reconciled with one another. Two weeks ago, I asked you to think of someone you have been alienated from, someone who probably has offended you, or someone who has hurt you, someone who has done wrong in your life. It's not a good place to be at, where your joy is dependent on how you feel about a person, where your freedom is dependent on the presence or the absence of that person. Sometimes our relationships can look like this. Have you ever encountered a tangled yarn or rope where you give up and say, I'm just going to cut this, it's going to make my life easier, and just move forward? Sometimes our relationships become impossibly tangled, that the only way to move forward is to cut it and leave everything behind. Today, as we speak about the message of reconciliation, we are reminded of four things. Number one, make it a priority to reconcile. This was stressed in Matthew chapter 5, verses 23 to 25. It says, So, if you are offering your gift at the altar, and there remember that your brother has something against you, what do we do? It says, leave your gift there before the altar and go. Go and do what? First, be reconciled to your brother, and then come and offer your gift. Here, Jesus is telling us, if we have an unresolved disagreement with someone, we should deal with it as soon as possible. I know many of us are harboring ill feelings towards someone, someone who must have caused you pain in the past, even recently, probably. Maybe you have a strained relationship with a friend or someone you love or a member of the family. The message of Christmas is the message of reconciliation. And if you decide to reconcile with that person, reconcile in the spirit of humility and kindness. It may be impossible for us to untangle all the relationship mess that we have accumulated in our lives, but we are still instructed to try to talk to our brother, to reconcile with the lost sister or brother in Christ. Remember, reconciled people are reconciling people. And number three, we should be willing to ask for forgiveness. That's very difficult. It takes a lot of humility for us to be able to stand in front of someone and say, I'm sorry, I've hurt you. I'm sorry, I have done you wrong. The person can be your mom, your dad even be your husband or your wife, your daughter. could be a friend or a co-worker, maybe your in-law, your mother-in-law, your son-in-law, or your daughter-in-law. Remember, apologies are not meant to change the past. Apologies are not meant to correct the damage that has been done. But when you apologize, 
you're telling the other person that my relationship with you is more important than the issues that divide us. Let's be willing to forgive. Sometimes it's even harder than asking for forgiveness. We should have the heart and the willingness to forgive someone when they ask for it. Remember when, I remember someone said, forgiveness is always a two-way transaction. The first is this, the humbling and asking for forgiveness by the offender. That's the first. What's the second transaction? I love this. It says, the release of the right of the offended to enforce justice. Isn't that beautiful? You release your right to enforce justice on the other person. That's forgiveness. When we are wronged, our first default is to justify, bring justice to the issue, and make sure that the other person knows Make sure the other person knows that he's wrong. He's done, he's done something bad to us, right? Remember, the English term forgive comes from two words, force and giving. It describes a process whereby the offended party gives up his or her right to enforce justice on the other. When Peter asked Jesus, how many times should I forgive? Jesus tells him, not simply the conventional seven times. He said 77 times. How many times do you think can you forgive someone who does you wrong over and over again? Four, five times? After that, you give up on the person. But Jesus said 77 times. 70 times 7. Reconciled people are reconciling people. This will be our last gathering for this year. More than meeting as a church, I, I believe and I hope that this message of reconciliation doesn't end today. We will stop doing church, but my prayer and my hope is that we will continue being the church in the coming days. Our mission as messengers of reconciliation doesn't stop today. It's a lifestyle that we have to live as followers of Jesus. It's not something that we do out of obligation. It's something that we do out of the overflow of the love that we have received from God. The true joy of Christmas is in knowing Jesus. So. I encourage you today, think about someone that you have held some grudge with or someone that has been detached from you for one reason or another. Make it a priority to reconcile with that person. If you have been offended or if you have offended someone. And if you decide to reconcile with that person, Reconcile with all humility and with all kindness. Let us ask for forgiveness from the people we have hurt. Let's make things right with them. And finally, let us give up our right to enforce justice to those who have offended us. Remember, holding a grudge doesn't make you strong. And forgiving doesn't make you weak. 
forgiving sets you free. This is the message of Christmas, the message of God's radical love and ultimate forgiveness for all of us. Let's all stand. When you made the decision to accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you have been reconciled with God the Father. This is the message of Christmas. This is what we preach, the gospel of peace. We have been made right with the Heavenly Father through Jesus Christ. My prayer is that the life that we live will be a testimony of this reconciliation. We cannot call ourselves truly reconciled if we do not reconcile with one another. Let us always be humble in all our ways. Let us forgive with grace and seek forgiveness with all humility in our hearts. God and us sinners reconciled. This is the message of Christmas. This is the joy that we have in Christ. Not just this season, but every day of our lives until we finally meet Him in heaven. You just heard a message from Every Nation Canberra. For more podcasts and for more information on Every Nation Canberra, please visit everynationcanberra.org. Follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash everynationcanberra and on Instagram at instagram.com slash encanberra. We meet every second and fourth Sunday at 104 The Valley Avenue, Gungalin. Would you like to be connected to a tag group? Email us at everynationcanberra at gmail.com.